everybody and welcome back to the Marketing Freaks podcast and welcome to part two of our conversation on reasons why your ads might not be performing as well as you want them to. So if you didn't catch part one, do go and check that out now. There are tons of useful bits of information in there to help your campaigns perform. Uh, Let's get started with part two. Right, should we crack on with your list? So um, you've got some really good points here. Part two. Um, So we talked about like not having the right creative, getting stuck in the in-house bubble, not being prepared for things. Mm -hmm. Um, What's next on the agenda? Next on the agenda is one that I think is a hard pill to swallow for people. Okay. Which is that you're not spending enough on automated campaigns. Ooh. Which is quite a difficult one to get across to people sometimes. Yeah. Especially when typically when we're encouraging people to spend more on automated campaigns, the results aren't looking too hot. This is actually, this is a very tricky one because and one to be very careful with as well. Mm. So I think it we must we must make it clear that we're not saying if your results aren't good, just spend Just spend more. more. <laughs> Solved. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I assume that's not what we're saying, is that's it? That's not what we're saying. Um, because that would be that would be bad. But I think what we are saying is that there are certain campaign types now, so performance max on PPC and some of the more kind of like automated structures on um, Meta. And just the way Meta works now, like the mm. more volume of activity and the more volume of conversions or events you have going through – Generally speaking, the better it starts to perform because the more it learns. Yeah. And sometimes the way to do that is holding your nerve, diving in, spending a bit more money to increase that volume. Yeah. I think as um, if you're working with an agency, it's their job, our job, to get across to communicate that before yeah. you start this type of campaign. So it should be really clear that we have to spend X amount of money and we have to hold our nerve for, say, Performance Max is a good example because it's like four to six weeks. It's not a small amount of time. Yeah. And it's probably not a small amount of money. But I think as an agency that that should be communicated. Yes. And that it should be very clear so that everybody is on the same page with it and know that it generally does take that long. Yeah, definitely. This is where I think the... Um, I'm actually really starting to warm towards Pmax. Are you? Yeah fascinating I why know. um because we're seeing good performance from it after a while after a while mm. but i think this is but the thing that uh frustrates me a little bit about it and generally like automated campaign types in general is that the marketing push on them is these are really easy campaign types to get going you know tell us what you want to achieve give us some money don't need to spend much time doing it we'll make all your dreams come true yeah yeah there'll be rainbows in the sky unicorns flying around pots of gold yeah thanks google and i actually think it's that's a dangerous way to think about it because there's so much nuance to making those automated uh campaign types work well one of which being you have to spend an, appro- an appropriate amount of money. You have to put enough volume through it that without the experience and data from lots of different accounts to understand how that works, it 
you could, you could spend a lot of money very quickly and not get what you want to get back. Because you haven't fed it the right data to start off with. Because, yeah, exactly. And that's something we're seeing loads of as well, right? Yeah. That if, if it's not set up properly yeah. and it's not being fed the right data, it doesn't really matter how much money you put into it, you're not going to learn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that point on waiting is important too and knowing how long to wait and what to look for while you're waiting. Mm. There's a good example of a campaign that we... Uh, we're working on, or we're working on at the moment, and it, when did the, I think you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> this is really weird when you're Cryptic. like, uh, so it kicked off seven weeks ago, Yeah. Pmax, yep. um, week one, mm, week mm. two, slightly less, mm, week three, better, week four, better, week five, not so great, week six, really good. But at week four, we upped the budget significantly. Yeah. Yeah to get more volume going through. And it's, there's, first off, you can't expect good performance straight away because it's a learning process. Um, but that really proved the point of, you've kind of got to, you've got to wait and you've got to, you've got to feed, feed the animal mm-hmm. the right data and start getting stuff through and hold your nerve. But I think the key is knowing what to look for in between. Yeah. Because what you definitely don't want to do is spend loads of money for six weeks. Go, oh, in six weeks it'll be great because it may or may not be. Yeah. So it's looking for those early signs of return, good CPA, is the engagement rate good, is the click-through rate good, you know, that type of stuff will indicate that you're getting there. Yeah. But it's also about making sure that you're going in with a stronger start you possibly can, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like you're... feed data's got to be really good yeah the conversion data and revenue data that you put back in has got to be really good um and when you say really good sorry what do you mean very vague comment (laughs) isn't it accurate Mm -hmm. number one secondly like for feed data it's descriptive yeah error free all of that type of stuff um it's really important yeah yeah um, but in terms of the spent, like when should people start spending more? Like the, to this piece of advice, you're, if you're running automated campaigns, one reason it might not be working is you're just not spending enough. Mm-hmm. When should people spend more? When should people hold? When should, because yeah, what's the... I would say when you've done like all your feed optimizations, you know that all the data is accurate, you're hitting all the right data points and you've done everything, all of the yeah. background work has been done to mean that it should be being fed. All the information needs to be fed to function properly yep that's all good and then you start spending more because what you don't want to be doing is constantly optimizing that feed when it's in that learning period and putting it back into learning again and then having to start again for another six weeks period because that's really painful and then six weeks turns into 20 yep and you've been spending and not seeing return that's painful that's what we want to avoid and if you don't know, get some expert advice. Yeah. Because making decisions like this are much easier when you've got experience. And if you're not sure, like, should I spend a bit more? Should I dial it back? Have I got this set up? Right. Get some expert advice. Yeah. Ideally from an agency that's not motivated by a percentage of spend fee because yeah. they're, of course, going to tell you that you have to spend more money to get performance. Um obviously we we don't do that because we just don't agree with that model but get if you're if you're ever not sure get some expert outside 
advice on that type of stuff, I'd say. Definitely. I can't remember who it was from, but I saw a really incredible LinkedIn post from somebody about performance max. It wasn't you. Um, Unfortunately, but it was like, um, performance max is easy. You just have to do the next three simple steps. And it was like a hundred things. And it made me laugh because it's so accurate. Yeah. Like Google are putting it across as this really easy, just do this, but it's not a just do this thing. There is so many steps to, having it be fully functional and performing well. Definitely. Yeah, that was a really good post. We're going to have to find that. I liked it so I can find it on my activity. Perfect. Yeah, that was really good. It made me laugh. Good one. Awesome. All right, what's next? Well, I think we've talked about this next. Well, we talked about this quite a lot, but it's really important, so we're going to talk about it again, is not considering what happens after the click. It might not be your ads that are causing the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, I was fine. I think this is such an important topic, um, and it's not. It's definitely not like the excuse book. It's not a cop out. No, <laughs> but you look at right. So to get a sale on a let's talk about an e-commerce site or even a, a lead on a lead gen site to get that conversion, you got to get the right ad in front of the right people at the right time, saying the right thing. You got to get them to the landing page. The landing page then has to convince them to do something. Mm-hmm. Then have to get them to do, yeah, blah, 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 blah. There's loads of stuff. Product, is your product in stock? If it's not, you're probably not going to get a great return. Um, All of these things Mm -hmm. that have a massive influence on your ability to get a good result from your campaigns, but are not part of Facebook ads or Meta ads or Google ads. But they all have a massive impact. They do. And they can't be ignored. And I think if you're agency isn't talking to you about what happens after the click they're missing a massive trick there yeah and it's looking at it's having a view on the whole thing and knowing what to prioritize mm-hmm. and of there will always be improvements in your campaign structures and your ads and everything else always there's always it's non-stop stuff that yeah. could be done better but if um I'm trying to think of an example another cryptic example like we've run <clears throat> cryptic <laughs> We should have a get write down the. Um... Oh, I know the first one. I'm uh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we've run campaigns before where um, ROAS isn't what anyone would want it to be, but the conversion rate on the site is like sub one percent. Mm. And you're like, that needs to be addressed because if if it stays like that, it's kind of it's always going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, big time. And it's not, you know, and that could be, you know, conversion rate could be impacted by so many things. Like you might be getting the wrong traffic. So yeah. that's the thing. Um, but also like looking at the checkout behavior report, the shopping behavior report in GA and looking at when people are dropping off might indicate that there's an issue with convincing people to add a product to the basket or whatever. Yeah. But it's such an important there's thing. There's so many elements that can affect it. Yeah. Big time big time or positioning or like you know mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff so what are, what are your recommendations then on how to figure Ooh, out we're flipping this on its head what's affecting it data from where how do you get to it how do you get to it <laughs> so i was taught i was funnily enough i was having this conversation with someone yesterday and we were talking about um a drop-off in performance. And I was like, the first thing I would do is get a matrix or a table or a list of KPIs mm-hmm. comparing 
that time, good time period, bad time period. And I would look at CPC, click-through rate, um, landing page conversion rate, add to cart conversion rate, like as many KPIs in each step or one KPI per step of the funnel. Yeah. And look at which ones have changed the most. Because that might indicate that, actually, do you know what? Everything else is fine, but the cost of the traffic's gone up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we can, we'll work out how we can manage that. Yeah. Or, like, actually, the traffic's better. Like, we're getting more traffic for our money. The click-through rate's gone up, so we know we're getting in front of the right people. That's great. Um, but the conversion rate's tanked. Or the add-to-cart rate's tanked. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, so let's focus on that. And yeah. it just, I think putting it in black and white like that tells you where you need to focus. Mm-hmm. And it tells you what might be the biggest contributor to that that issue. I think we have a good example of this from City Ooh. Scooter, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Like when we launched, no one was adding anything to their basket. And we were like, mm. we should probably solve that problem yeah. before <laughs> anything else. Because if no one adds a product to the basket, no Nobody's one's going to buy purchase. anything. <laughs> And the, there were three things we did to fix that. And one was price, mm-hmm. pricing strategy. So going back and looking at the market again and just making sure that that was good. Two, uh, creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, product descriptions. None of which were anything to do with the ad. Yeah. It like, wasn't like, oh, let's change our lookalike audience from a 2% to 5%. Mm-hmm. which is fine like, I'm not saying this, these are not good things to do and test but the biggest sometimes the biggest results come from things that are further down the process we made another change didn't we about the add to cart button we stopped a step there was a step yeah, yeah. custom landing pages with a direct add to cart on the landing page stuff like that that just <clears throat> again re- constantly reviewing the process and reviewing um how you can make it easier and where the biggest cutoffs are. And right now we're getting getting a good checkout rate. So mm-hmm. why are people dropping off at that point? What point are they? Oh, right. They're getting all the way to the payment and then dropping off. So what's that all about? Are they not feeling confident about the payment methods we offer? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I That's really interesting. I think it's Thank a really you. good point. Um, there's also a few other things that we have and use on the City Scooter that I think are interesting. So... Mm. Having customer support, like a little chat. Live chat. Live chat. Yeah. Yeah, where you can talk to people. Yeah. And that's a massive one, especially in terms of like immediate feedback and immediate like, I've got this issue or I've got this question, you can answer it immediately. Yeah. I think that's really strong. Yeah. The thing, the point there is around constantly getting customer feedback. Yeah. And live chat for us has been, I think when you're selling a, product that's got a higher price above 100 quid above above 100 quid (laughs) (laughs) uh i was gonna say like do you say quid in new zealand no no because we have dollars bucks bucks yeah yeah aussie no that's let's move on that's kiwi dollars mate kiwi bucks kiwi Kiwi buckos you call them buckos (laughs) absolutely not Um, let's move on. So, uh, yeah, when you have a higher ticket price or item, I think live chat's a no-brainer. It should be there because people want to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, for us, it's been a good point for customer service, but it's also been an amazing point of getting feedback and looking at what questions people are asking, 
uh, themes of questioning as well. Yeah. Have been really cool. So stuff like, can I pay via finance? Right, let's get Klarna will on. This, will this scooter handle my weight? Yeah. Something um, that we hadn't addressed. Yeah, yeah. there's that. There's questions on... Um, and also people asking questions... Back to your in-house bubble thing. People ask questions constantly that... I'm like, but we've put it on the page. Like, but obviously not, obviously like, not in the clear right enough. position or not clear enough. Exactly. Or... Um, so the just... And then I think the key for that is... Um, getting the feedback and then making really quick iterations on the website or the landing page or the theme or the template, whatever it is, to try and test what theory might resolve that problem. Mm-hmm. And then like quick, 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 quick. And we tend to work in two-week, let's call them sprints because it makes mm-hmm. us sound more formal, but two-week kind of periods of time where we have a catch-up, we go, right, this is happening. Here's what we think is going on. Let's fix this, this, and this. Two weeks later... Let's assess what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the majority of that stuff at the moment, because I think with a, start, a startup brand or e-commerce site, often the biggest movements are from things that sit slight, slightly outside the ad platforms. Mm-hmm. So you have to be looking at that stuff. Definitely. My other point was about Hotjar. Hotjar, hot yeah. Jar. I think that's really cool, like looking at the screen recordings combined with feedback from live chat. yeah. And the two of those things combined give you a really good sense of how people are interacting with this site. And mm-hmm. Hot Child's been really cool because you're like, oh, yeah, people really do look around and they really do kind of compare. So, like, how do you make that a bit easier? And how do you do, you know, just looking at that has been really cool. The journey of people on a site. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no one clicks the, the banner on the, the homepage. Everyone's clicking that link halfway down. You're like... Yeah. Because when you're setting up a landing page, you're going through it and thinking about how you would interact with it. But yeah. five different people interact with a website in five different ways. Yeah, that was a surprise, actually, because you're like, oh, man, like this banner looks really cool. Yeah. Everyone's going to love my banner. <laughs> That's what we're talking about with the in-house bubble, right? Like, no, I love just, this banner, great banner. That really dull link halfway down is where everyone's going. <laughs> <clears throat> Who knew? Sometimes it's just a dull link that does well. Who knew? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Nice. Are there any more points or is that, are we done? That is all my points. Okay. <laughs> that was really cool. Thank you, Abby. And um, hopefully that was useful food for thought for everybody listening. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please do come and subscribe. Join us for future episodes where we talk about the ins and outs of running paid media and driving improved conversions and revenue for your business. See you next time.